Psalm 82, a Psalm of Asaph. God has taken his place in the divine council. In the midst of the gods, he holds judgment. How long will you judge unjustly and show partiality to the wicked? Selah. Give justice to the weak and the fatherless. Maintain the right of the afflicted and the destitute. Rescue the weak and the needy. Deliver them from the hands of the wicked. They have neither knowledge nor understanding. They walk about in darkness. All the foundations of the earth are shaken. I said, you are gods, sons of the Most High, all of you. Nevertheless, like men, you shall die and fall like any prince. Arise, O God, judge the earth, for you shall inherit all the nations. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. All right, we are out of the the beautiful pastures of Amos, and we're spending today and tomorrow looking at a couple psalms uh, as we wrap up our Justice and Mercy series on Sundays. These are two psalms that you know kind of continue to to herald that drumbeat of the justice of God. So today we're in Psalm eighty-two, a psalm of Asaph, and um beautifully beautifully read by the great billy bean um man come on <laughs> and this uh you know this psalm's really interesting it has a very uh old testament kind of framework uh which is this divine council sort of setting uh you know we see at the beginning of job uh that you know the sons of god are presenting themselves to god like the these ministers of god among whom is uh, Satan or among whom, you know, in that setting, Satan comes in. And so, you know, I think one of the interesting things here is that we, we can kind of like uh, diminish or like oversimplify, but there, there's actually a very rich cosmic sort of thing that uh, Asaph is envisioning and, and writing into poetically. Um, and, you know, obviously we see that the, the theme here is this, frustration over injustice and then it ends with this call for god uh to judge the earth so billy please enlighten us um on what you think what you see in psalm 82 yeah well i mean one one thing that jumps out to me or you know right out the gate is um in, in the psalm um you see that uh word little you know the little g gods um in verse one um, you know, where the psalm kind of kicks off um, about God who who takes His place in the divine council. Mm. So you know, right off the bat, we we see that God um, comes into this role of mm-hmm. judgment over these earthly powers. Um, and it says in the verse, "In the midst of the gods, He holds judgment." Well, you know, just right out the gate to dispel any kind of like notion that there are other gods. We know that scripture is clear. There's only one God. There aren't other gods. Sure. Um, but why does he use that word little G gods there? Um, and then in verse six, again, God says, I said, you are gods, little G gods, sons of the most high, all of you. So kind of what's, that's what jumps out to me. Like what's happening here? Why is he using that word little G gods mm-hmm. and did a little research here? Um, yeah, yeah. gods, yeah. Gods, um, uh, is actually, um, it's that word Elohim and Elohim has been used, um, uh, before to, um, speak about human, human rulers. And so, you know, I think that the passage is clear that God, 
is, um, this is kind of this prophetic psalm speaking about a God who will come to sit in that seat of judgment over earthly rulers who are doing injustice to the poor and the needy. Mm. And so, um, so, and so God is, is addressing these little rulers or these little G gods, these, these rulers who will be judged for, uh, injustice. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think an interesting and important thing to like acknowledge too is in this like period of history, um, leaders of nations, you know, very much considered themselves gods um, or sons of God. So Pharaoh, uh, Caesar, you know, like all of these different leaders of kind of the old empires uh, very much assumed a divine nature. They assumed this like divine authority that had been granted to them. And so, um, you know, th- there's this sense that the the psalmist here is kind of like speaking into um, this like anthropology that, um, but not in a way where he's showing undue honor. You know, he actually says, uh, you're gods, but you are going to die mm-hmm. just like anyone else. Exactly. You know, in the great words of Johnny Cash, God's going to cut you down. And, uh, <laughs> and so uh, he's kind of like speaking into that dynamic. But I don't think that that is really the main point. It's the the framework. But the main point is this question in verse two. And I love that you read the Selah. You know, it's like that mysterious meditational mm-hmm. uh, punctuation that goes throughout the Psalms. Um, there's the Selah after verse two, which is, how long will you judge unjustly and show partiality to the wicked? Um you know, and that's in quotations, presumably the the words of God. Um, so he he's basically asking these rulers, um, th- these quote unquote gods of the earth, uh, how long will you go on in injustice and, and uh, you know elevate the wicked for your own personal gain and crush the weak? And then he follows it after this moment of meditation, after this pause, Selah. Give justice to the weak and the fatherless. Maintain maintain the right of the afflicted and the destitute. Rescue the weak and needy. So what are your thoughts, Billy, on, on sort of what this uh, demonstrates about God's heart, God's character, and uh, his will for people in authority? Yeah, well, I mean, back to kind of the little G-Gods piece there. I think it is interesting that um, in, in, a, in a way— um, you know, even though uh, it's sort of um, um, it, it, there's sort of like a, a play on words here or demeaning of these these human rulers. In a way, human beings, all of us, we are sort of godlike. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a image bearing quality that we have of the living God, 100%. but distorted by sin, distorted by you know in, injustice and greed and power. And so um, we're seeing these these little g gods, particularly I think that the the Jewish people. Um, um, showing o- oppressive power over the weak and the needy. Mm-hmm. And here comes this God of justice who steps in and says, this is, this is going to come to an end. And, and of course it's a, it's a future, there's a future forward looking aspect to this, this Psalm. So I'm immediately going to, um, to, to Christ. I mean, mm-hmm. how, how ultimately, um, will the weak and the fatherless that have been treated so poorly for generations by these Jew, these Jewish rulers, um, how will they be vindicated? Yeah. You know, I think of, I think of God and his mercy and kindness. He'll do, he'll ultimately show that judgment at the cross. Mm. And we see him come down among the weak and the destitute 
um, to, to save, to save them Mm -hmm. ultimately and to do that through his death on the cross and his triumph over sin and death. So I'm thinking about Jesus as this ultimate picture of, of, um, solving the problem of injustice. And then of course the final solving of that injustice Mm -hmm. um, when he returns again. Absolutely. Dude, I'm so glad you went there. You know, I think verse eight, it's so potent. Arise, O God, judge of the earth for you shall inherit the nations. And, you know, uh, we talk about this some, but I think it's easy to like sort of crap on the original audience of the Bible and like read parts of the New Testament and be or parts of the Old Testament and be like, man, Jesus is so clearly demonstrated here. Like, how did they miss <laughs> yeah. him? But, you know, I, I think like you read verse eight um, and there's this idea that God is going to come judge the earth and inherit the nations. Right. And our natural inclination of like, okay, how is God going to come inherit the nations? You know, because we bear the image of God in this corrupted way, our mind goes straight to force and straight to just like this domineering, crushing, uh, you know, image of of God who's going to come and just in this very direct linear way, he's going to strike down all these kings and, and take the nations. And the amazing thing about Jesus, the amazing thing of the gospel is that, is that God does come to visit his people and to do justice, mm. to to love mercy and walk humbly before God the Father. But he does it through mercy. And he he does it through propitiation, th- through taking on guilt. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we do know, we look forward to a future hope of people who even refuse that demonstration of mercy and justice in the cross, uh, that, that, you know, they have not escaped justice, right? But that, uh, you know, those who continue to, to crush the oppressed, those who continue, uh, to bleed people dry over their own selfish ambition, that their justice will still get the final word, but that the whole story of God's justice is punctuated by this moment where he steps in and bears all injustice and does perfect justice. And through that he inherits the nations. And, you know, my mind goes to like Isaiah 56, and 57, it goes to all these amazing passages where there's uh, Zephaniah 3, there's these images of, of, you know, all nations gathering around the throne of God, um, not in fear and trepidation, but in joy and in singing and in worship. And the big question of the Old Testament is like, how could that possibly happen? Mm. Like, how can we possibly get from where we are to where that happens? Exactly. And I think you're completely right. It's the cross, it's the blood. And, uh, you know, it's powerful. Like these, these should point us straight towards Jesus. And then we should be instructed like, so go do justice. Yeah. You know, go. And I mean, you know, as we've been doing the bless the city, um, emphasis and, you know, a couple of weeks ago we had the bless the city summit with Abe Cho. Um, we, we should be motivated by the cross to go do those things. Right. And, you know, I'm, I'm thinking of just the nations, um, let the nations be glad and, it is really fascinating how this work of of evangelism, this work of justice uh, among the destitute, among the weak, so that they can taste of the redemptive work of Christ, so that totally. they can taste of his grace. That work is in direct correlation to justice mm-hmm. as we go out um, as his image bearers redeemed mm-hmm. to a world that needs, a, a, a desperate and needy world that needs, mm-hmm. uh, that needs reprieve. Yep we go as ambassadors and we're doing, we're doing the work of justice um, on behalf of the Lord. And I think that's just incredible, 
privileged that we get to be a part of that. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Well, a great word here in Psalm 82, um, to love justice and to be grateful for the cross, um, and to strive after the heart of God. So for the great beloved Billy Bean, this is Will Carlisle, and we're going to see you tomorrow as we knock out another one of these Psalms on our daily rhythm. Thanks for listening to Our Daily Rhythm. I'm Jason Dees, one of the pastors of Christ's Covenant, and Our Daily Rhythm is a ministry of our church designed to help you more faithfully and effectively meditate on God's Word. If you ever have a question for us about one of our Bible readings or one of your own Bible readings, please don't hesitate to text us at 404-465-1737. Again, that's 404-465-1737. Or email me directly at jason at christcovenant.com. We'll meet you again tomorrow for Our Daily Rhythm.